Just oh, a new yeah. one. It's nothing to do with anything particularly except for um, it's got the gay pride colors on it and stuff. Okay. It's supposed yeah. to be, it was released to celebrate uh, gay pride month or whatever they call that. I don't know what they call that, but yeah. So it's got all the inclusive colors on it or whatever. I don't, I don't know what they all are. Even up on the logo. I don't like what yeah. your logo is, but it's actually a rainbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well let me let me push the intro and we'll get started. And apparently he's not gonna show. It's what time is it now already? Forty one, so he's ten, eleven minutes late. Of course he did come in about that time last time. We'll yeah, it's definitely graphic. We'll see. Welcome to the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room Podcast. We are here to podcast about anything and everything Star Wars with you. Please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes. That's HTTPS colon backslash backslash R-A-B-R That's R-A-B-R dot down there. K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U.S. On the left-hand side is a navigation menu. You can use this to learn how to load the Rebel Alliance Bridging Room podcast on your Android or Apple phone. And That's my left. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from the site. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Bridging Room website at R A B R. I am Kyle John Johansson, and this is Andrew Scott Sutton. Say hello. And now we've got Rick, too. Yay. I've got to figure out a way to record that so it all blends in so I can add that. Add your name to stop it, record it, drop it in, and call it good. Well, see, uh, if I did that, then all that you know, music and stuff in the background, it would be blank. So it's just, it would say, and here's Rick, and just by itself, and then it would continue on with music. So it would be a little bit funny, but it would be kind of awkward. <laughs> It'd be like, what? what? It's all what? Oh. Um, hey, we're a, we're a nickel and dime show here, so. We, we, you know, yeah. we don't have to buy fancy. We're not, we're not making lots of money, right? Um, yeah, if we were, I'd be uh, doing a little bit more stuff. So, so you can just pull the tape out, cut it, splice it with tape, and put it back, <laughs> and it back in. No, that won't work. <laughs> it's all digital, man. We don't do that. So, yeah, I, I can pull it out and cut it and splice it, but it's all, it's all digital. Uh, all right, so today we're reviewing Star Wars Ahsoka Part 7, the uh, penultimate uh, episode called Dreams and Madness. Dreams and Madness. Uh, so first we're going to, uh, well, I, I I do have a tiny bit of news, but I don't have an article related to it. I'm just going to talk about it for a second. Um, and then we're going to go through all the cast and everything. And um, do a full uh, review of the entire episode. And I've got some feedback, like I said, and we'll discuss uh, 
everything after that. So let's. I'm going to do the news thing, but it's the news short. So I uh, saw an article that was confirmed by, or that was, they were interviewing Dave Filoni, and he has agreed uh, to do. Um, a three-part movie, a three-part set of movies um, around the timeline of Ahsoka and everything uh, also. So I don't know if that's going to be that movie that's supposed to come out in 2024 is going to be one of those. I don't know that for sure. Um, he didn't say specifically, um, but it's a, uh, it's, it's it's probably, I don't know, it probably include, include Thrawn too. I don't know for sure. But uh, I think... Yeah, that's part of what we're going to see uh, at the last episode tomorrow, next week, is uh, I think we're going to see the start of Thrawn, you know, having his way with the uh, the uh, galaxy that we're used to. Because uh, he's supposed to be, he's supposed to be what brings in the, the new order, or the, uh, yeah, second order, third order, whatever they call it, first order. Yeah, that's it. So that's really what my news was. It was just a short thing. I like I said, I don't I don't have the article anymore because I couldn't find it. But uh, I I think that's pretty exciting that we've, we're getting possibly more movies. Um, he did say he did say trilogy and he did say movies. So it's not a series. Um, and I also saw that uh, you know, once they the season. The, the trilogy is already written. That's what he says. Dave Filoni's already written it. And uh, the same with uh, season two of Ahsoka. It's already written. Um, now, season two, that doesn't mean it. they're going to skip it or not, you know, but it's supposed to be um, because the writer's strike, um, even though it's already written, doesn't mean that it's going to get done in time or anything. Like, um, usually... They go every other year on these things, the way it works, like uh, um, kind of like the Bad Batch. You know, we're hopefully we're gonna get another Bad Batch um, next year, but we it, they may skip a year. Yeah, they've done, they've done that before. They've done that before. So, um, anyway, that's the uh, brief news spoiler alert here. The news. Yeah, so that's what you were looking for, wasn't it? That's uh, That means that we're going to be talking about the episode, and if you haven't watched it, you're going to be spoiled. We don't want to spoil you, so go back and watch it. The encouraging part about the writer strike is, is the writers haven't made any money, so they might be a little more motivated to uh, you know, put some stuff out a little quicker than than they might have yeah. anticipated. So. Well, I mean, the interesting part about the Filoni stuff is, like I said, he's already written most of the, most of the stuff he's announced. You know, I think even the they were talking about the movie that he was going to produce in 20, 24 or 26 or whatever the date was. He said he had already written that one, too. They were just waiting for, you know, to get into the queue, um, yeah, yeah. production queue. So um, that's a good thing, too. Um, but, you know, stuff like uh, Andor and uh, Mandalorian, those those are, you know, could be delayed. I don't know. Yeah. I think the Mandalorian's written. They're just waiting for people to come back so they can start 
production too, but yep. um, well, they might they might do more than one to kind of get caught back up in the rotation too. So yeah, you know, that'd be nice. But it's be nice. Out. I'm getting tired of like usually in the summer. There's a long break. There's like a two or three month break. I'm getting tired of that break. Let's fill yeah. it in with something. Yeah, I would say that might be what they do is kind of fill it in to get their at least get back to the rotation that they would like to do, but yeah. until they caught up. Exactly. Uh, so uh, this episode's director was Geta Van Sant Patel. Geta Van, Van Sant Patel. Um, the writer, of course, was Dave Filoni. Edited by Roseanne Tan. And the score was by Kevin Kinner. And uh, the cast, we go on with Ahsoka, which is Rosario, Rosario Dawson, Sabine Wren, Natasha Lou Bordezio, Balin Skull, which I, I got lots of questions about him, Ray Stevenson, Shin Hati, Isavana Shakinino, Shakino, uh, Morgan Elizabeth, is Diana Lee Insanto. Uh, Professor Hugh Yang is David Tennant. Uh, then we've got the uh, the mother sisters, whatever you want to call them, the mother witches. Uh, one of them is called Atropa, played by uh, Gerald Prescott Galen. Clotho, played by Claudia Black. Um, and Lake Assis, played by Jane Edwina Seymour. Then, of course, we've got Admiral Thrawn, played by Lars Mikkelsen, Captain Inyak, West Chapman, Ezra Bridger, Iman Estefandi, uh, Mon Mothmo is in here. We've got, which is Janine, uh, Genevieve O'Reilly, uh, Senator Zinoy, Zinoy, I don't know, Nelson Lee. Uh, Senator Maywood, which is one of those two that was sitting beside on the other side of her. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, played by Maurice Irving. Because uh, it could be the fish one, so I don't know if it's the fish one or the... It was the actual... There was a black guy next to her, too. Um, yeah. Then we saw Captain Carson Vega, played by Paul Soon Hyun Hyun Lee. Uh, and then we saw C-3PO, surprise, surprise, uh, C-3PO played by Anthony Daniels himself. Um, and he, he was upset about this, um, scene because they made him, um, try out for it like a, like a regular actor. He didn't, he didn't actually, they didn't say, Hey, come in. We need you to do C-3PO. They made him try out. Yeah, so he, he was, ups <laughs> he was upset about that. Um, and then, of course, we saw Anakin Skywalker in a in a in a home video. Um, yeah. Hayden Christensen was Anakin. So, because so we've got yeah, so the, Leia in the next episode. I don't know. I don't think I don't think they've done very good with the uh, digital representations of her as of late. Yeah, I try a little too hard to make her look uh, really young and stuff, and I don't think it's. But we we have, people have complained. But we have a young digital of her, you know, from the Empire Strikes Back. So you just dub different vocals in. It was cool that she got name dropped, though. 
Yeah, she did. So, uh, because we've got a bunch of uh, dirty Thrawn stormtroopers, we're going to place some Aerons for a hey, commercial. you, over there. Are you a trooper? Is your armor always dirty? When do you find time to clean it? Did Rebel Scum scratch and damage it? Did your helmet communications keep acting up? Stop by Aaron's Armor Sparkalorium before 1500 hours. We will Hello? wash, clean, and sanitize your armor for the What'd next day pickup. Hello? Our patented galactically ancient secret cleaning techniques mm -hmm. will have your armor sparkling just like a new Cerulean Y1300 freighter just off the assembly line. Brand new. The envy of all your friends and co-workers from the castles on Lothal to the politicians on Coruscant to the environmentalists on Endor. Oh, the environmentalists. For your next day service, stop by Aaron's Armor Sparkalorium. We're located in Tatooine's Moss Island Spaceport, directly across from Hangar 35. We will also repair and sell and sell most parts at the best rates in the known galaxy. All services guaranteed and licensed by the Emperor himself to last a lifetime. Lifetime at Aaron's Armor Sparkalorium. We accept him. Services are extra. So they're guaranteed to last a lifetime by the Emperor. But if the Emperor thinks it's gone too on, on too long, he's going to kill you. So that, there's your lifetime. So we got to recycle. I was going to remind you the. Uh, Senator Zenoy, or whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, remember that uh, other animated show that we don't like, the Resistance, or or whatever the. It's it's a weird one. Resistance, I think. Yeah, I think it's called the Resistance. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, main character in there is the son of this guy of that senator. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's he's really. Uh, nasty in the show too he's he doesn't think his son is uh is gonna be a jedi or any whatever oh. I, like i said um you and i have not really watched that show because it's pretty it's pretty bad yeah, <laughs> but yeah. uh, um anyway that's that's a that's a tie-in uh, that, that make it interesting but um all right, all right so again we're doing ahsoka uh it's called part seven dreams and madness Originally aired September 26, 46 minutes long, um, and it's the same timeline, nine before the Battle of Yavin, which I thought was interesting, too, because they talked about the timeline a little bit uh, in here, too. Um, Ahsoka and uh, Ezra kind of, or not Ahsoka, Sabine and Ezra kind of went over that the uh, Death Star was exploded at the Battle of Endor and uh, this and that and stuff, so... Which, what that means is it's time to grab your favorite beverage and pull up a chair as we're going to talk Star Wars in the ne Rebel Alliance briefing room. Yay. Applause. There we go. Yeah, this is a really good job of tying a lot of things together. Yeah, it's pretty cool. cool. All right, so let's start from the beginning of the episode. Uh, we're at the hearing on Cors Coruscant. You get a little scene with all the buildings and stuff so we know where we're at. General Harris and Dula stands in the middle of the courtroom and Chancellor Mon Mothma, Senator Hamatu Zeno, Zenoi, Chopper, Captain Carson Te Teva, and other senators and military personnel are there. Uh, Zeno 
says that he they cannot simply allow a new Republic Defense Force general to go around acting as if they're still a rebellion. Because that looks bad, you know. Public doesn't like that. They're all going to get scared. Ah! Oh. He emphasizes that the new Republic is a government with rules and laws, which Sindula has no problem bending to fit her personal agenda. I'd, I'd like to argue that most of the management should kind of do that a little bit. That's how they got up there in the first place, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sindula responds that she was defending the people of the New Republic in the best way that she knows how. When Zenoy reiterates that she disobeyed direct orders, she responds that she's she protected the New Republic by disobeying him only. Only him. Only him. Because he's the one that gave the order. Uh, the causes the, the causes murmuring among the senators and officials. Uh, so they're all kind of ooh, ah, like a <laughs> like a TV show. Ooh, she got him. Uh, Mothmas asks Sinoy if they can agree that there was there was an incident on Sietos, and Zenoy dismisses Sindula's report as a fairy tale, expressing disbelief in notions of Jedi, false Jedi, star maps, pergola, distant galaxies. What? Who says those exist? It's not like the telescope shows us, but who says they exist? It's just a it's it's just a little piece of lint on the lens. That's what it is. It's not a galaxy. Big uh, Yeah, <laughs> making it up. Uh, when Sedola explains that Morgan Elizabeth was leading a coordinated effort by the Imperial Remnant, uh, Zenoy denies that there's any coordination between the scattered Imperial forces and proclaimed that the Imperial Remnant does not even exist. I wonder if we're ever going to find out if he's part of the Imperial Remnant, but uh, I don't know. Or first thought to you, not clue, but like, yeah. So he's denying it because he's involved in it. Either that or he's that naive. <laughs> yeah, could I, think be that. I think he's involved in it. Could be that naive. When Teva, when Teva says, what about the recent events that happened on Mandalore? And uh, Zenoy dismisses the late Moff Gideon as a warlord acting on his own and denies that there is a conspiracy against the New Republic. Tie-in number one. Except... If you believe what they said about him, then there was all kinds of people involved with him, too. Yeah. Um, and that's where we first heard about Thrawn, too. Uh, Sindula warns this will change if Thrawn returns and questions Zenoy's indifference. Uh, Zenoy dismisses Sindula as a general who abuses her position for the personal gain and recommends that she be court-martialed for disobeying a direct order. While the senators argue about Hera's disobeying orders, uh, we hear in the background, how rude. And C-3PO enters on behalf of Senator Leia Organa. C-3PO begins a data, brings a data transcript that Senator Organa hopes will resolve the matter. Mothma motions for his staff to prepare the transcript despite Zenoy's objections. 
C-3PO says the transcript proves that Senator Ogana personally sanctioned General Sundula's Renaissance mention mission. Oh my God. Renaissance mission to Sietos. Reconnaissance. That's it. Reconnaissance mission to Sietos and was unaware that Senator Zanoi had voted against her mission. When Zanoi protests that the court cannot admit evidence from a mere droid, Chopper whistles, hey, oh, I'm going to get you. But Teva motions for him to calm down. He says, hey, 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 just calm down back there. Just, just calm down. Uh, C-3PO asks the other senators to direct their concerns to Organa in her role as leader of the Defense Council. So she's in charge of all of them. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Chancellor Mothma thinks that the data transcript satisfies the matter. Zanoi is reluctant, but drops the proposed court-martial, and Mothma dismisses the hearing. Sundula thanks C-3PO, which the pro protocol droid reciprocates, saying that, you know, it's his programming. He's just supposed to serve and protect stuff. You're a droid. Not I'm, just a dro I'm just a You're droid. Nothing special about him. Exactly. He can dismiss me if he wants to. I'm just a droid. Yeah, in little, in little <laughs> satisfaction about putting him in his place. So yeah, that was pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, in private, Mothma says, tells Sindula that she knows that Organa did not authorize her mission. Sindula responds that Organa eventually did, not right away. Eventually, Mothma then asks, "How real is the threat of Thrawn's return?" Sindula tells the Chancellor that they have to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Which, I mean, did she tell her that it's, it's, it's coming or not? She doesn't know, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. I think she did. I think she assumes so because they built it. They were building that uh, uh, whatever ring to go over there, I guess. So she heavily inferred that that's wrong. Exactly. Was Exactly. Uh, okay, so uh, speaking of that, while traveling through intergalactic void in with the Pergola, uh, Pergola Ultra, which is, I guess, the name of the big guy, Pergola Ultra, Ooh. Pergola Ultra, uh, Soka Tano practices her lightsabers, uh, lightsaber skills aboard her T6 shuttle in the training room with a hologram of her late master Anakin. Skywalker. In the recording, Skywalker warns that she will face formidable adversaries like General Grievous, Asajj Ventress, and Count Dooku. He reminds her to practice her lightsaber forms and tells her to remember that he taught her to trust her own instincts. So there's a lot of chatter around what, what he said there in uh, you know online and stuff. Uh-oh. He died uh, because she meant he mentioned uh, Asajj Ventress in that uh, thing there, and um, we don't really know the whereabouts of Asajj Ventress. Supposedly she's dead, but we don't know for sure. She's could be alive during this time, so they think that they that he mentioned it so that they can bring her in at some point in time. 
Um, she was uh she was an interesting character too though because she was a uh I don't know, not not an inquisitor type, but she was she was a mercenary, let's say, I guess, going out and and uh killing Je Jedi and such. But she also turned uh to the other side. She ended up helping Jedi and, and stuff in the future too. Um I don't know if she ever really, she was a one of those witches too. Um, so I don't know if she ever really, uh, became, you know, good, but she, uh, she, she understood some certain causes and stuff and helped out. Um, anyway, there, there's with her. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people were talking about that because we haven't heard of Asajj Ventress for quite a while. Um, she was only in the Clone Wars and, uh, I think we did see her chasing uh, Omega in uh, the Bad Batch too. Um, she was long. She was protecting Omega while uh, um, Cad Bane was was chasing her or something like that. Oh um, yeah, yeah, I didn't know that now because I I remember the name, but I just couldn't place where it was coming from. Yeah, she, she that was her. Um, and then there was another girl in there too that uh, wasn't wasn't mentioned, and I, I forget her name, but um, she was actually there's a lot of rumors about her too because she was actually in the um, uh, the Jedi headquarters when uh, Order sixty six came through. She was being held as a prisoner at some point. Um, anyway, moving on. Hanoi watches while Tano explains that he made. 20 or more such recordings. Hanoi remarks that Skywalker was thoughtful while Tano says that Skywalker was a good master. The droid tells her that the Pergolil Pergil are reaching the end of their journey, citing their decrease in speed. At the, the cockpit, Tano resolve, resolves to find Sabine Wren. That's, we're going we're gonna to find her first, is what she says. Uh, when Hanoi points out uh, that their star charts would be useless in, in, in another galaxy, uh, Tano says that she came with the enemy, and if they find the enemy, they will find Sabine. Yeah, luckily, luckily enough, they actually came to the exact planet, too, uh, which we'll find out here in a second. Uh, Ooh, Hanoi, Hanoi agrees with this logic plan, but fears that the Pergolo may have taken them to another galaxy or a different world and system. Hano thinks the odds are good despite Hanoi's pessimism. And she kind of gives him a little uh, ribbing and, and stuff there too, a little bit. Kind of teasing him a little bit. Oh, I had all the time. What's wrong with you? I thought you told... I, I thought you... I told you. I did tell you. Ah... Uh, the two watch the Pergola exit hyperspace, and Hanoi activates the scanners, and Tano senses something is wrong, you know, because things are exploding outside. <laughs> That's our spidey sense. <laughs> spidey sense. Things are exploding. Hmm, something must be wrong. Uh, as their T-6 shuttle exits the Pergola mouth, they discover that the pod of Pergola have flown into an Imperial minefield. Deployed around their arrival point. Hanoi advises Tano to steer their ship towards the planet 
Perdia, where the minefield ends. Uh, though Hanoi thinks the space whales will provide them cover until they get there. Uh, but the pergola respond by jumping into hyperspace. They're like, dang it, I'm tired of these things blowing me up. Yeah, yeah, I came for a massage and this is not what I would look for. <laughs> exactly. Hanoi uh, buys, okay, responded by jumping. Tano manages to dodge the space mines. Um, and the two cite Elizabeth's hyperspace transport ring, the Eye of Scion. When the Eye of Scion deploys several starfighters, Pano flies the ship through the uh, debris field, you know, the graveyard. Uh, during yeah. pursuit, one of the enemy starfighters crashes into debris, destroying the ship. Oops. Oops. In the tower on Perdia, Thrawn walks into the rotunda. And Captain Enyok's hologram appears in front of Thrawn. Enyok reports that the po a pod arrival of Pergola triggering the minefield as Thrawn has anticipated. Uh, Enyok uh, says there is, among the whales there's a T6 class Jedi shuttle. Thrawn says it seems that Tamo Tano is alive after all. And Elizabeth hands Thrawn a data pad. It has all the information from the inquisitorial database uh, on Tano. Thrawn reads it, and he is surprised that Tano's master is Anakin Skywalker. Dun, dun, dun. He says, oh, I'm in trouble, aren't I? General Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Um, so that's the interesting part about the inquisitorial database is the inquisitors took the database that was at the a Jedi temple and and basically started using it for their own purposes. So you remember um in the Mandalorian when they're walking through that uh that those headquarters for the Inquisitors or whatever and they had all that stuff things on mm -hmm. display and whatever. So they basically were um continuing to I don't know be a, a museum or a curator of some of the Jedi stuff, even though it was uh, in a bad way. They had all the databases, but they were starting to display Jedi, too, that were famous Jedi. Well, trophies. Um, yeah, trophies. Well, and basically. they used to down some of the Jedi that had escaped that they they could use that information to find them, home planet right. and whatnot. Exactly. Lots of stuff like that. and uh, You know, where they frequently went to things yeah. like that. I'm hearing something outside. Uh, Thrawn asks whether he is sh he is sure there's only one starship. And Inyok says there's only one and that their fighters have engaged the target and pursue it into the debris field. Thrawn tells Inyok to withdraw the starfighters and have them stand by. Uh, this Thrawn says that this will be all and Enyak's hologram disappears. Elizabeth says, hey, uh, what the hell's going on, man? And Thrawn's like, there's no need to waste our resources. However, Elizabeth says they will lose in, in the debris field without pursuit. We'll lose them in the debris field without the pursuit. Thrawn says she is right, and the Jedi are very good at hiding, uh, for they have had practice for years. Um... Basically, meeting Order 66 has put them all into hiding. Thrawn tells Lisbeth 
They are getting to know their adversary, and Tano will be unpredictable and dangerous if she resembles her master. Thrawn says they will be one step ahead of Tano no matter which direction she takes. So they basically they're going to follow her, and uh, they already know where she's at, so why uh, waste resources? Because they're very low on resources. Uh, so we switch. The mercenary starfighters uh, give up the pursuit. Tano and Hanoi then land on a decomposing pergola root cage, and Tano turns off the power. Uh, Hanoi wonders how the enemy anticipated their arrival, and Tano says Thrawn is behind the attack. Thrawn's a genius, basically, is what she's saying. Yep. Hanoi says the enemy has already found Thrawn, and Tanoi, Hanoi Tano agrees. Hanoi says he will run scans to see if he can find Rin. Which, yeah, they're probably too far away, or there's too much debris or something. Uh, so we go back down to the planet. A caravan, caravan of pod-shaped homes of the Noti moves slowly across the plane. Bridger and the Noti pilot the large, largest one, and the Noti uh, climbs down. And when Rin comes up to take his place, a Noti, Noti child waves at Rin. Hello. Hello. Bridger tells Rin that she is that he is still processing everything she has told him and talks about the defeat of the Empire at the Battle of Endor and asks if the Emperor if the Emperor died and she says that's what people have said we don't know I don't know people have said that but you know there's a movie down there that might tell you there was what's going to happen no no proof Bridger also learns about the New Republic and that uh, the, uh, what's his name, Zeb, is training recruits. Sandola is commanding a fleet, and Bridger says he, miss, he missed everything. This this was sounds like fun stuff. I missed it. Rin says it has been a while, and that she, she was beginning to think that they would never find him. Bridger asks Rin how... She found him because she never said. Rin says it's complicated. Bridger says they can talk about something else. Focus, focus. Hey, that was a really good thing, though, on that, too, because everybody's been wondering where Zeb's been. So I think that was a kind of a genius move about putting that in there, saying he's he's training. So well, we saw Zeb. Um, at the oh, end of my... the... No, it was in, uh, it was in, uh, was it in the Mandalorian or was it that was in the Obi Kenobi, Obi Wan Kenobi thing? No, it was the Mandalorian because that's when they got the, uh, the yeah. robot up, up, up above. It was so, whenever the, uh, I can't think of his name, the captain, the X Wing captain, Captain, captain Teva. <laughs> yeah, Teva. And, and Zeb comes up to the bar and talks to him and then it kind of ends that way. Yeah, yeah. So that's when people were like, where's Zeb? Why is he not in here? So I think they kind of have thrown that in there to kind of placate some people, maybe. Because I'm sure it's that CGI stuff is probably, you know, not easy to do and nor cheap with his character. So could be, it could be a, a whole costume thing, too. I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't know. So I, I think I think they probably mentioned him because he's probably going to come up, show up later. Well, that could be too. But I mean, people have been asking about it, so this was kind of their way to yeah. maybe him for a little bit or a few episodes. So, but it could be foreshadowing that he's going to be coming up too. So who knows? Yeah, and they have his whole name in here too. It's uh, Gar Zeb Aurelius. His actual name. Um. He says he missed everything. Rin says they uh, never thought they'd never find him. And it's complicated. And they can talk about something else. So Rin uh, tells Bridger that Tano took her on as an apprentice. Oh, what? Oh, you? What? I oh, congratulations. I mean, he says <laughs> it makes sense because Rin had trained before. But he's confused because she doesn't have any force senses uh bridger asks whether tano is coming or not and rin does not answer so bridger asks if it's complicated and rin nods meanwhile skull and hati and the gang of red armored bandits watch the caravan on the hilltop all sitting astride howlers uh and then we go back to the uh, starship the three red witches enter the rotunda, and Thrawn tells the great mothers that he needs their assistance again. He says Tano is hiding in the pergola graveyard, and Thrawn <laughs> wants the three witches to find Tano. The great mothers unclasp their hands, and three floating orbs hover, and a holographic tactical display. The orbs project red beams of light that connect them, forming a triangle over the hologram. And you see Elizabeth is chanting in the background as well. Because um, it's a holy ceremony, I guess. You know, it's a witchy, witchy witch ceremony. That's kind of power thing. <laughs> On Tano's... Triangulating the location. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny, too. GPS. <laughs> Where's the location? Oh, but that was the same triangle that went around... Uh, uh, Rin when she was in cap captivity too. Well, it's, it's multi-purpose. I mean, it's like a multi-tool. You know, like a leather. There you go. There you go. There you go. On Tano's T6, Hanoi says that he can't find Rin. Tano says they don't need to scan. There's another way. Why did? What, well, why didn't we use that to start with? There's another way. Hanoi asks Tano if if she thinks they're bond. Uh, with Rin is strong enough. And Tano ignores Hanoi and calls out to Rin through the force. Hello. Is Rin out there? Can I get Rin on the phone, please? Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Rin, Rin is chattering with Bridger, who talks about his relationship with the Nodi. And suddenly, Rin's focus drifts off. A sudden realization crosses Rin's face, and a faint smile brushes the corners of her mouth. And she quietly says, Hano's name. Ahsoka, are you there? Are you a she ghost in my head? But she didn't have a triangulating thing. <laughs> Elsewhere, the great mother, mother Clothro, smirks and says, she has found Tano in the rotunda. Well, they're in the rotunda looking at the you know map and stuff. We found her, and the red beams 
converge into a T-shape. She's there. She's right she there. Is re- she's right there. there. We don't know how she's right there, but she's there. Because they use the triangulator. And and the w- witchy force. I don't want to do no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> They had the uh, ceremonies and the uh, force and uh, yeah, that stuff. Uh, the red beams, T-shaped cross points towards a location within the debris field. Thrawn calls Captain Inyok. Hey, buddy. Uh, and Thrawn says Inyok has the coordinates and tells the captain to open fire. Back at the caravan, Bridger sees Rin and asks what's happening. Rin answers she doesn't know exactly, but it was a very familiar feeling. I think she was there, but I don't I don't believe it, so I had a warm fuzzy feeling for a moment. That's her whole problem. She doesn't she doesn't believe. It's just like uh Luke Skywalker. He doesn't believe. Warm That's fuzzy your hope. You don't believe enough. You don't believe enough. That's your problem. And then it passed. It must have been gas. Yeah. It felt good, but now it stinks. <laughs> On the T-6, Tano remains lost in her distant stare. Suddenly, turbo lasers rain down on them. Choo, choo, choo. Hanoi is worried, but Tano claims, calms him down and says she knows where they're going because she's pinpointed Tano through the force and the triangle and stuff everywhere. <laughs> the, then she pilots the T-6 out of the ring of pergola remains, and they race towards Perdia. They race. Thrawn compliments Inyak on a job well done and asks whether they should prepare their defenses. Thrawn answers that they don't need to because they're not the focus of the Jedi's attention. At least not yet. Thrawn says Tano will pursue Rin, which they wisely sent away from there, and Thrawn tells Inyak to contact the fighter group and have them re-engage the the opponent. Um, and Inyak's hologram nods. And I think they mean that they're going to send out a different regimen onto the planet. It doesn't say that there, but I think that's when they're dispersing onto the planet. On the rolling plains of Perdia, Anodi spots two mounted figures in the distance. Bridger asks Ren if the two figures are friends of hers, which she confirms they are not. In the distance, Balin Skull tells his apprentice Shin Hati to contact Thrawn and orders her to kill Ren and Bridger. He tells her to take her place in the coming Empire. When Hati asks if he's not going to be helping, Skull tells her that her ambition drives her in one direction while he has a different path. Which, we still have no idea what's going on there. That's, I mean... Mm. I don't know. And he, he 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 eventually fights Tano, but he doesn't die there either, so that's that's not his path. Uh Hadi Hadi transmits Rin and Bridger's location by a calm link to Thrawn. Before they separate, Skull gives a final lesson and says that impatience will lead to defeat. Impatience in battle will lead to defeat. I think that's what the actual quote was there. And the Red Clan bandits ride their howlers past the two hunter two to meet the Nodi caravan. After staring 
and her master momentarily haughty rides after the bandits. She's like, what the hell are you thinking, man? Boy, you bring me all the way out here, and you're not going to help? Quitter. Quitter. Exactly. Do you, do you really want to not kill anybody, or what? What's going on with you? And uh, Inyok informs Thrawn and, and Elizabeth of the location, and uh, this is when Thrawn dispatches two gunships to assist the mercenaries, unaware of Skull's true intentions. Thrawn tells Elizabeth, if Lord Balin proves capable, they may win the day yet. In the hangar of the Chimaria, two squads of night troopers board the two lat patrol gunships which fly towards the coordinates. And they call them night troopers, which they did in the previous episode too, but that's significant because those are night sisters, so they're possessed by the night sisters, something like that. That's what they're inferring there, basically, is the... Basically, they've found zombie. They've made zombies out of dead dead people, and and. Uh, well, I don't remember if we talked about this last week, but somewhere I saw because they were talking about all the armor has been wrapped in the red, like the robes or whatever, of the the mother, the queen mother, or whatever those sisters are called. Yeah, yep. Red tape is what they said, but. Uh, it makes more sense since it's red from the robes. Because um, they... She's basically uh, keeping them alive, I guess, from the, from the spells or whatever. Yeah, um, and then something else uh, that I was I saw somewhere was like that cargo that they were loading. Um, one of the things was is it wasn't, you know, fallen troopers. Like it was their, their uh, crypts or you know, caps, capsules or something of like, uh, I don't know, like, you know, not like the body, but like, you know, that they put them in to, to heal or whatever, but like they were in yep. hibernation or something. So. Yep. I think it's, it's, it's partly that, but I think it's also, um, it's probably witches because, uh, it, it, it's definitely, um, maybe fallen soldiers that are thrones, but I think part of it is witches too, because, um, if you remember, they said that this is the planet that the witches originated from before they came over to our galaxy via the pergola. So I think so whatever happened there, like maybe a plague or something, who knows, killed all the other witches, and these are the these are the bodies of that too. Because um, they uh, we we saw in the Clone Wars where the witches uh, do fight and stuff. Um, you know, kind of like soldiers and whatever. Um, they have weapons and they use uh, lightning and stuff like that and and whatever. Well, a little different than that, but yeah, I mean, it's a hocus pocus, you know, kind of thing. Well, maybe that's <laughs> how he got it. He uh, he was trained with the witches. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Thrawn is is the one who uh, made the alliance with the witches. I think. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Palpatine could have been before he, I take that back. So Palpatine is the one who requested a, an, a, an apprentice 
um, which ended up being Darth Maul. So he had a relationship with him before. You're right. Um, Because they created Darth Maul and then um, his brother, too. Uh, was was created too. His brother was actually alive, but they uh, enhanced him somehow. You know, he's got he got bigger and muscles, and his horns got nastier looking and stuff. Anyway, uh, there's a comment I'm just gonna let pass. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, okay. So the red bandits pursue the no T caravan. Uh, Ren exchanges fire with the bandits who scatter to avoid getting hit. A Noti fires a stone with a slingshot, but the Ooh. stone just bounces off the bandit's armor. When Rin asks if the Noti have any weapons, Bridger replies, they're a peaceful people. Why else would I be hanging out with them? They're peaceful. <laughs> Rin surmises that they are defenseless. She exchanges fire with pursuing bandits and manages to take several down. One of the bandits attempts to fling a spear at a Noti driver, but two caravans smash into him. Another bandit attempts to damage the repulsor lifts of the caravan, but the driver drives him away with stones. There was a guy, wasn't there a guy that had like a bzzz, and he was electrocuting the ship? Yeah. That one? He was like was trying to shock it or something to like over, you know, I don't know, create a fire or surge something or something. Or other, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, with one of those Yeah. Rin shoots another pursuer. One of the bandits manages to use his spear to damage a Nodi caravan's repulsor lifts. There it is. It causes it to crash. Unwilling to leave the stranded Nodi, Bridger decides to circle the stranded caravan. Uh, Bridger's command the caravans and circle and, and, and do the the what? The wagon, the, the wagon, the wagon circle. Um, Circle the wagons. Exactly. Uh, the caravan encircles the stranded vehicle and stops, forming a ring, and he tells the Nodi to take shelter while he handles the bandits. He says, he says don't worry, I'll take care of them. Get inside. Just inside, and I'll take care of them. It's all right. And then, suddenly, in the skies, Tano's T-6 shuttle is pursued by three of Elizabeth's Elizabeth's fighters, while Skull watches from the distance. Bridger sights Hadi's approach with the bandit leader on, howl on a howler. The remaining bandits and their howlers circle. When Bridger asks, "Who is that hum human woman over there? Who's that woman with a you know? She looks like she's got old hair. What's going on?" And Rin says, "Hey, that's she's another." Uh, force user and a lightsaber duelist uh, without a sense of humor. Which she says she, he's she's basically like you and yes, she does have a lightsaber, but she doesn't have any sense of humor. Um, she's very serious. Uh, Ren and Bridger exit their caravan and tell the Nodi to stay inside. Get back inside, I told you. Uh, meanwhile, Tano resolves to land but Hanoi reminds her that the Jedi Protocol prevent landing while under attack. Oh. Hanoi exits the cockpit and joins the skirmish below by uh, jumping out of the down the ramp, which I don't understand why the steps had to collapse for her to do that. But whatever. Down, she like she like slides. 
And then when she hit the ground, she did like a double tuck roll and was up and hello. Uh, 8.5. Look at, out. Look at me. Six. I'm a force user. Uh, Hanoi tries to argue, but she overrules him and Tano approaches the gangplank. She tells him to get, disengage the stairs, causing, causing her to slide down. Uh, looked to me like she slid down on purpose, but Tano lands safely without a scratch on yeah. the Perdia planes while Hanoi leads the starfighter on starfighters on a chase. Tano meets up with Skull and says, "He did, and he says, hey, I didn't expect to see you. I thought you were dead.'" Fancy meeting you here. And uh, that's when Tano says, well, I don't really have time for this. And he says, I know. <laughs> uh, but I can't allow you to interfere. He draws his lightsaber and Tano replies that she doesn't have time. And after a wait, Skull charges and they begin their battle. Zoom, 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 zoom. Meanwhile, two bandits approach Bridger and Rin. When Rin hands him his former lightsaber, Bridger tells her that he doesn't need it, that he gave it to her, and it's hers. When Rin suggests he use a blaster, Bridger replies that he doesn't need that either, because the Force is his ally. I have the Force. The Force is my ally. When Rin disagrees, the two tussle with the bandits, while Bridger engages in physical combat. Rin fights with both her blaster, and her combat skills. Tano fights Skull with both of her lightsabers, and the battles are about. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, pew. Stuff like that, right? Both are evenly matched, and Skull says, you'll never defeat me. Something like that. The Noki knocks out one of the bandits with a rock. After tussling with a bandit, Bridger uses the force to hurl one of the bandits across the caravan. Hadi attacks him from behind with her lightsaber, and Bridger dodges her strike, but she managed to cut off a lock of his hair. You see his hair smoking and stuff. Bridger tells her it was close before engaging in physical combat. Rin fights. Yeah, he needs hair cutting. Rin fights with the bandits before impaling him with her lightsaber. She joins Bridger to fight. Hottie, who is now outnumbered. Not really, though. Yeah. However, Thrawn's gunship, gunships soon arrive when Bridger takes her down, tells Bridger to take her down. Hottie, however, manages to use the force to hurl Bridger against the caravan while Ren engages Hottie in a lightsaber duel. Tano and Skull continue their fight, and Skull manages to gain an advantage and knocks Tano to the ground. Before he can strike... Oh, here comes Scott. He's just at the end. That's how exciting. Strikes her down. He defeats... Flexes his blade with one of her lightsabers. After parring, Skull tells her she can't beat him. That she does not have what it takes to win. Scott? Hello. You're, an, you're an hour late. I'm sick. Oh, okay. He has the Black Plague. Exactly. As long as there's no weird sounds, I think we're okay. 
All right. Hanoi flies the T-6 shuttle down and sh strafes the ground, causing Tano and Skull to scatter. He shoots some sort of a repulsor blast or something, not, not a real weapon. Hanoi leads the fighters away while Tano takes advantage of the smoke to escape. Skull reflects in silence before continuing on his own quest. Which, what the hell is that quest? Come on! Elsewhere, Bridger reassures the Nodi he is fine and tells them to take shelter. The two gunships land near the convoy and dispatch several armed night troopers. An imperial drone circles above. Uh, back at the fortress, Thrawn orders the two teams to use counter encircle encirclement tandem, whatever that means. Though Elizabeth is is confident of victory. Thrawn notices that Skull is missing. What? Where's our where's our mercenary? Where's our bad guy? Where'd he go? Elsewhere, Ren and Bridger fight with Hati when Ren uses her flame flower to drive off Hati as Bridger pulls her back at the same time. It's kind of a weird thing there. Hati orders the Imperials to destroy the fugitives. And Bridger offers Diplomacy. Hey, can't we talk about this? Uh, you know, this uh, this is a good time to talk, right? Let's talk. Yeah, but Hadi orders the night troopers to shoot. Before they can, Tano rides rides in on, on Skull's Howler and saves the day. Oh, supposedly. Uh, a skirmish ensues with Hadi and Tano and their lightsabers. Pew, 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 pew. Tano throws her to the ground with the force. Watching from above, Hanoi remarks that his friends are back together and they hope they will survive this skirmish so he can uh, witness uh, their friendship or something weird like that. Rin fights the gangs back together again. Rin fights several night troopers, taking down several with both physical combat and her blaster. Uh, Bridger also battles with the Imperials using his force powers and stolen blaster. Ren hurdles a grenade at three night troopers, scattering them. Watching the, the battle grid, Thrawn speaks favorably of the combat skills of his Jedi opponents. He orders that the gunships be recalled and terminates the aerial pursuit. Of course, Lisbeth is like, what? But Thrawn explains that these are unfortunate but acceptable losses in the absence of Lord Balin. Thrawn thinks that in the grand scheme of things, this fight with Tano was a success. And then Elizabeth is like, what? She says she only sees their enemy being reunited and growing stronger. Thrawn reveals that the skirmish was a distraction from his plan to transfer the cargo from the Night Sister catacombs aboard the Chimaria. A distraction. While Thrawns says that they will soon be able to leave the Forsaken world once the cargo transfer is complete, he surmises that Tom, Tano has lost time and that time is on their side now and they will keep it that way. As the Imperial drone circles away, the surviving Imperials retreat. The skirmish Rin shoots retreating night troopers, but the others are aboard the gunships. And Tano appeals to Hadi 
asking her to surrender, offering to help her. And Hottie gives a tense, pained look before fleeing away on her howler. She's like, what the hell, man? I, I don't like you. Ren wants to pursue her, but Tano motions for her not to. Tano is revealed to see Ren survived and embraces Bridger. The two laugh with joy. Oh, I'm so happy we're all together again. When Bridger asks Ren if she thought Tano was dead, Ren quips, she was wrong. I guess I was wrong. I, I thought she was dead. That's why I got here in the first place, because I thought she was dead. Hanoi arrives. Warm fuzzies all over. Hanoi arrives in the in the T6 shuttle with and uh Bridger in, introduces Tano. Bridger introduces Tano to who? To Hanoi? I don't get it. I think it's the other way around. Tano introduces Bridger to Hanoi. Yeah, the Nodi uh, leader tells his people it's safe to come out. Come on out. We defeated them. Uh, Bridger Dang. speaks with Ren and Tano, telling them that he gets a feeling that he'll be coming home after all. Which, uh, I mean, that's great, but... Uh, Maybe. I don't know. They don't have a way back still. They still don't have a way back. The friends in the Nodi watch Tano's T6 shuttle encircling above. Uh, and that's when the, the credits credits roll. And uh, I have a little bit of feedback here, so I'm going to push the feedback button. This one right here. All right. So uh, this was on Blue Sky. You know, Scott thinks I have a a licensed agreement with him or something. But uh, this guy named uh, his name is Extra Thoughts. And uh, he replied to one of my, uh, you know, mass postings about, you know, hey, I need some feedback or whatever. And he said, uh, I love the attention to different battle styles in this episode, especially uh, he liked the minefield. Uh, and, and it was such a cool concept in space. Um, he loved the force fighting style and felt more akin to the Jedi peaceful defense Defense nature. Plus, it was cool seeing the in intricacies of Ahsoka's early years with the recording, uh, you know, of of Anakin. Also, Hanoi's personality really shone through in this episode, and enjoyed C three PO getting the respect that he deserved. So yeah, that kind of covered all the highlights right there, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a good episode. It was kind of packed. I, I mean, it's almost got me thinking what's going to happen in the next episode because it almost wrapped everything up in a way. Sort of. We still need to escape the planet, which we don't have a way yet, unless we oh, uh, tag along with Thrawn. Yeah, they could just jump on the ship, like Scott just said. But I, I don't, I don't know, unless the pergola come back. But the minefield's still there, so... What? Still away, huh? Still away. How? The only way is really the pergola. They could 
accidentally get their ship in the in the Ring of Scion at the same time Thrawn's is. That could work. Um. But anyway, yeah, I, I thought that was one of the better parts of the show too, where uh, um, Bridger was using the hand to hand combat, basically, or forced to hand combat in some some spots. Um, it was pretty cool to see that because, um, you know, we always see the lightsabers and stuff. Yeah, that's that's cool and fancy, but let's see some real uh, action fighting and stuff too. Um, he's in charge. You know. with he's in he's in line with the force. If he can do the force fighting, yeah. The bring in the uh, the kung fu stunt stunt guys so we can get some good fighting action going on, right? The, get the get this the wire spring lever thing <laughs> thrown back. Get some get get Jackie Chan in there doing the uh, direction and stuff. I only say that because I watched uh, one of their movies the other night. I think it was the second one, the Rush Hour, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, with uh, that one guy, but uh, yeah, exactly. Not quite sure if if he's funny or not. I I haven't decided. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> He's just here to painting. Yeah. So, uh, any any uh, insight on the episode, Scott? What did you think of it since you uh, came in late and missed most of our discussion? Excuse me. Not ex- not not saying that it was a bad thing. I'm just saying. Do you have anything you want to bring up? No, it's a good episode, but you know. They're gonna have to double their efforts to make the last episode or the next episode better. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'll probably be one of those feel lucky uh, episodes where everybody's like, "Oh, we're all back together." Oh, don't let me down, you. And the escaping is gonna be a, a little side thing. Oh, let's figure out how we're gonna get out of here now that we've all kissy kissied each other. Oh, if we're going to do a season two, maybe they don't escape yet. That's possible, too. I was kind of thinking that from the beginning as the uh, as the episode ends, the next episode ends when they're uh, when Thrawn escapes. Um, and I say that because, uh, you know, the the legend is, is that Thrawn goes back and basically decimates the you know the the new republic um so that they have no defense against the new order he he's the reason that the the first order takes over is because uh the new republic is vulnerable after he he decimates them basically um so i'm wondering if that's going to happen if if second season is going to be part of that and them trying to get back because once they get back, that's probably when they get defeat Thrawn. Because um, no one else thinks like Thrawn except for those people because they know him from the past, right? Well, they're not prepared for it. Yeah, well, they're not prepared at all. Um, yeah, Scott, I was telling Rick about how the 
how the Night Sisters are going to be a big part too. I think. Oh yeah. Because they were pretty big in the uh, Clone Wars stuff. I think they're going to be a kind of like what we were talking about last time. The uh, cargo, you know, are those um, dead stormtroopers? Are they dead Night Sisters? Are they both? What are they? You know. Um, and I, I personally think they're. I think they're both. Yeah, but what technology is that? Those evil witches have something up their sleeve. They certainly do. They've got those little orbs. They're multi-tools. <laughs> but that that's kind of weird, too, because the, the one orb is the one that had the map on it, too. Yeah, true. They just like balls. <laughs> That's too funny. Well, the pergola and the pergola, they're like whales. They migrate. So if they're migrating that way, they have to migrate back. True. That, that could be true, but we saw them in the episode. Uh, they they light speeded out because they were getting bombed too much. You know, We have to wait for them to come back. How do we contact them to get back? Come back. Hey, uh, whale, come on back. The force. Oh, the force! There you go. Now we figured it out. We maybe maybe that's how we uh, how we see Ren actually use the force. She finally figures out how to use the force and call the pergola. See, I'll probably a circle jerk and hold hands and go. Mm. There you go, like Doctor Doolittle. <laughs> <laughs> and damn phone yeah. booth. He's the whale tamer. They call him in. Hey, Dr. Doolittle. That would actually be funny. Dr. Ezra. Uh, Ezra Bridger. Ezra Bridger, please. There you go. He uh <laughs> he is kind of uh more one with the force nowadays, isn't he? So we have uh several ways for you to send us the feedback like we got from uh Mr. Extra Thoughts on Blue Sky. Um, you can email us feedback at kylejohansen.us. Um, you can go to our website, which is always on the left hand side. Um, if you're watching us through the internet stuff, um, and there is a link there that says feedback and it brings up a form. You can just basically type in whatever you want there, send it to us. Um, we're on Twitter at super underscore duper underscore pod we're on blue sky at rebel alliance briefing room and we're on youtube uh videos uh, are all up there of everything we've done and um there's comment section there and this week uh google announced that they're um getting rid of google podcasts basically but they're converting it all over to youtube so they're going to allow you to upload your podcast feed to YouTube so people can watch and listen through YouTube now instead of having a separate service. Uh, it's going to slowly happen, I think, in the next couple months when that'll happen. And if you go to YouTube Music right now, you can search and find us. Um, unfortunately, it only pulls up the videos, which maybe that's not unfortunate. I don't know. 
but it pulls up the videos and you can watch the videos and whatever uh, episodes hey, you want. Those are faces for radio. Come on, man. That's right. Gotta gotta get those faces for radio out there. Um, and I don't so, know. So pondering that, do you think? Uh, you know, we were talking earlier with the trilogy. Do you think maybe there's going to be a tie-in with the Bad Batch and Ahsoka in one of those movies? Then it's is possible. That, is that plausible to tie that in? It is because uh, in Rebels. They go into the future, you know, not literally, but they, you know, let us see what happens in the future. And uh, there's a uh, couple episodes on it where, uh, I don't know, there's a group of clone troopers that are out in the middle of the desert somewhere in a in a, a ship with wheels on it. Right, Scott? Yeah. And it's got Cap- it's got Captain Rex in there and a couple other guys. That were, um, I think one of the guys, uh, Echo was in there, and um, maybe one of the other ones from the Bad Batch. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've since we've seen that, but they, uh, Ahsoka, and then meet them. Uh, Ahsoka and I, I think Ezra and all of them meet them, right, Scott? Do you remember? Well. And uh, so, so it's possible we could tie them in together. Um, we know that Ahsoka knows the Bad Batch because the Bad Batch worked with Anakin a little bit. Um, it, it's that's in the Clone Wars. That's where the Bad Batch came from. Was from the Clone Wars, uh, and Anakin using them for a, a couple battles. Uh, so I don't know. I, it's it's very possible we could see them or or tie into uh, I don't know because we're from what we what Ren said we're past uh, we're past Palpatine dying which was Return of the Jedi so it's kind of unwritten territory really where we're at except for what what we've seen in in the Rebels. It'd be cool if you could tie them all together, like Bad Batch and and uh, and Ahsoka, and then uh, Mando, and maybe even Boba. Tie it all together in in one big thing. Throw a little moff in there. Have a have a um, Marvel superheroes uh, get together. There you go. There you go. With four or five superheroes in one, yeah, that sounds like fun. Justice League. There you go. There you go. Yep, I can see that. I, I don't know. I'm just curious what's going to happen with this uh, this last episode. Um, you know, if we're all going to have a cliffhanger, or if we're going to actually see. Uh, you know, Thrawn being defeated. I don't. I think it's too soon to defeat Thrawn because uh, he has a lot of uh, stuff to do. Well, knowing that there's another season coming out, I mean, because that's kind of what I predicted a couple episodes ago. 
now knowing that there's another season, I don't see that happening. I, I see him leaving, possibly, uh, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, Scott, I was telling Rick that um, I read that uh, Floney's already written season two, so it wasn't yeah. affected by the writer's strike. Um, so that could be something that, you know, if they need to fill in with something, it could be a, it could be Ahsoka season two. Um, and uh, he's also announced that he's going to do a trilogy movie uh, series of some sort. Which is already written. Yeah, which is already written. So uh, those are good too, which um, supposedly um, all of the Mandalorians are written too. Because um, because Favreau's writing those, and supposedly he's written all of them, or at least outlined all of them to that point. So you got you got Floaty, you got Favreau all together, looking and collaborating on a movie. Oh man, the possibilities are endless, dude. Favreau. No, it's well, that would be interesting if they uh, if they if they cross universes and we get uh, you know. Marvel in there and uh, Star Wars in there at one time. Well, you put George, George in there with Favre, Favre, and then Filoni. I mean, look, this is like blockbuster coming now. They might well, as well just punch those Oscars up and hand them over because they're they're going to be ready to be given out. Some something needs to get everybody back to the theater. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know about going back to the theater, but uh, maybe it could be potentially. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going back to the theater like they used to. Oh, either. But uh, yeah, so I mean, George Lucas has been involved partially in these these shows. He uh, one of his things was he didn't like the idea of Grogu. He didn't think they should do that at all. Um, but eventually he relented. So I think the way it's working with these shows and what I keep hearing is, is George Lucas is the final, you know, vote on everything. So if they, if, if they come up with an idea and George Lucas doesn't like it, then they don't do it sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. and I can understand that because, you know, it is his thing, but. That's a whole other avenue right there is is going down the road of who is Grogu and what is Grogu and why is Grogu important? His species. He might yeah. be the key to the whole thing. He made them a whole lot of money in merch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, his species probably is, but um, we're, we're supposed to assume that he's a clone of uh, of maybe Yoda or something. Some some other, they got a hold of some uh, other species like maybe Yaddle or whatever that was in the the Clone Wars too. Yaddle the was a Yoda species too. Um, kind of like they got a hold of uh, Luke Skywalker's DNA and they got a hold of uh, um, Darth Vader's DNA and stuff like that. Due to got them all, didn't it? Yeah, doing the getting their arms cut off or something like that. Ancestry.com. Was I hallucinating? Did y'all hear Darth Vader 3D? I 
I heard it the second time I watched it. It was with the Night Sisters and stuff like that, but I it, it didn't make sense why it was there. Why is it there? Yeah. It was. It could have just been the ship breathing out too. I don't know, but it it sure sounded like Darth Vader's. Uh, it sounded like apparat apparatus. Yeah, but but uh, so maybe that's the foundation for the First Order in Kylo Ren. You know, because you know, because Kylo well, has dark mask. Yeah, and I've I've always had the theory. So, um, we know. From the Bad Batch and the Clone Wars that Thrawn... No, he wasn't really in the Bad Batch... Or in the Clone Wars. He was only in Bad Batch and the... And uh, the Rebels. That he was experimenting with uh, cloning too. He kind of took over the cloning project. That's how Moth Gideon got involved in the cloning stuff. Um, And I wonder if, if on his ship is where um uh Snoke is. Uh, uh he's still he's still in a in a chamber or whatever, in a you know, back to chamber or whatever. But that's where Snoke comes from. I, I, I don't know. I mean we don't know where Snoke really comes from per se, except for in the end of uh you know the last Jedi or whatever, we see those tubes and there's multiple tubes that look like Snoke and uh and uh the Emperor and all that stuff too. That the, he's bringing onto his ship from the the sisters' uh, tower. Maybe that's the cargo, or it could be their uh, technology that's uh, for cloning that they finally cracked the cloning too. Who knows? But yeah, um, because we gotta that that's where Snoke has to come about because he is the ruling person during the first order. Let me uh, let me get us out of here then. Thank you for listening to the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room Podcast. Please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes. That's https colon backslash backslash rabrkyledrickinson.us That's r-a-b-r dot k-a-i-l-e-j-o-h-a-n-s-e-n dot u-s on the left-hand side is a navigation menu. You can use this to learn how to load the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room podcast on your Android or Apple phone and tablet. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from no the questions. site. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room website at R A B R. K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S Let's do it, Scott. In no way is approved, sponsored, or owned by Lucasfilms, LTD, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. All opinions are solely owned by Kyle and or Scott, and in no way express mm-hmm. views or opinions of their past or present employers. Some views and opinions are not supported or restricted by Lucasfilms, LTD, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or any or other use of this podcast and its affiliate sites without consent of Super Duper Podcast Network and its host is prohibited. Prohibited. Okay.
Let's uh, 